This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 269. Ranking the Disney canon, the revival era. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey, animation addicts. I am Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. This is the week that we kind of catch up to ourselves. We are almost to the current situation of Disney. Everybody say yay. 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 I mean, it's actually kind of kind of a big deal. We've gotten through all of these movies over the last several weeks. Yeah, we've gotten some really great feedback. People are really liking the Disney canon countdown that we're doing and breaking down the different Disney eras. I mean, who doesn't love going back through time and talking about the ups and downs of Disney? I like the ups a little bit more than the downs, but <laughs> you got it, it, it. The good comes with the bad. And this, we are back up at the top. We are the revival era. So if you don't know, the Disney revival era started in 2009 with The Princess and the Frog, and it goes up until now, though I might say that there are there is kind of a break starting to form. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into all of these because the revival means that we have more life. And that just, everybody loves that. So stick around. We are jumping right into these. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's take it away. So most people, the consensus is that the revival era starts with The Princess and the Frog. This was the revival, if you will, of 2D animation. It had been quite a few years, almost half a decade, since we had previously seen any 2D animation from the studio. It, they closed down the department and it was thought that it was dead. But then coming back, John Lasseter was now head of the studio and... 
this was Ron and John's film, and they decided to do it traditionally 2D animated, which we will see through the revival era. We will see very briefly uh, again. So it's not like this revival was necessarily a revival of 2D animation, but it's more just a, a revival of Disney animation. So Princess and the Frog, I remember I was incredibly excited for this because it had been just such a long wait for a traditionally animated film. And it felt like the world had moved on and we were never going to see this again. And so the anticipation kind of going with our last episode, we were talking about when you get really hyped up and in involved in the hype, sometimes it diminishes or it obscures your true, true perception of the film. That being said, I don't think I was let down with Princess and the Frog. I really enjoyed Princess and the Frog. You know, this was also a time of under new management. John Lasseter and Ed Catmull had come in and started over both Disney and Pixar a couple movies prior. But this was like the first movie that was started with when they were there. And the other ones were kind of like, you know, the leftovers of what the other ad administration kind of had created and so this is like under new management this is what we're doing and john lasseter was coming in and he was just like no we're going back to the good stuff and he wanted to have a princess movie because that always brings in the money <laughs> so we got to do that and the princess and the frog they wanted to hit it at a totally different angle than what had been hit before they're going to go down on the bayou they were going to have the elements of the disney fairy tale but then more modernized so that was something different. And then you also have African-American princess and a prince from another country that is made up, but it, like is totally good looking. Oh, he's hunky. He's so hunky. Uh, you, should you should check out our Disney hunks and heroes episode because he is high <laughs> listed on that one. But, you know, they really wanted to hit all the high notes and they did with the music as well. They had some really fun songs in there. Yeah. Randy Newman was brought back for this, which previously Randy Newman was the Pixar guy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, John Lasseter being a Pixar guy, <laughs> he knew what works. And I'm surprised, you know, I, I just, when I think of Randy Newman, I sort of think of these songs that he's singing over the, the soundtrack, you know, right. the characters aren't singing a Randy Newman song, but this was one where he wrote it and they, they performed it and sang it. And, I will say that these these songs feel very Disney. They feel feel very Bankin. They they go with the Disney repertoire for animated musicals. And I, there's quite a few songs on this and all of them are very, very enjoyable. I really love um, Almost There, that princess that Tiana sings, mm -hmm. you know, talking about she's almost there to getting her her restaurant um, back in New Orleans. The, the kind of the opening number is really nice. Um Evangeline is kind of a weird one. To me. <laughs> Don't love it, but I really like Mama Odie's song. Just there's there's a lot of really really great songs in this. Yeah, they they really tried to bring out the movie musical again. Yeah, which they had basically stopped doing after for a while. So so the movie did did well, but it didn't do just this breakaway success. Budget was 105 million, and the box office was 271 million. And I remember that kind of being to the studio from their perspective, a bit of a disappointment. And we're going into our next film, Tangles. It was originally in development with Glenn Keane being the director. And he, uh, it was it was Rapunzel. But after Princess and the Frog, the studio had sort of got in their head that no, things with princess in the title or the 
princess's name don't do well. And so we have kicked off sort of these one liners. Um, so instead of that, they decided to name it Tangled, which is interesting because at no point in time does her hair ever get tangled on anything. <laughs> but that's cool. And <laughs> so Tangled comes along. It's CGI animated and was just a huge success. It basically doubled what Princess and the Frog did. This one ended up doing $592 million. So that was just spectacular. And it kind of proved all of their points. They, well, the other one had a princess as the main lead. And, and so, you know, we, you know, we're going to change all these things. And, oh, wow. It did well. It must've worked. All right. <laughs> yeah. I just remember I was young adult out of college at this time. And the, the single adult scene, um, even the guys in the scene enjoyed seeing Tangled. It has a storyline and a guy in there that's, you know, very much of a, a rogue so it's a likable guy, but also a guy that's like obviously not the, the stereotypical either perfect guy or also not the villain. You know, so it's like you have a a relationship there that was they, they carried through it really well. And I think that that leads to more guys liking it, too. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a guy. Tell me if you if you agree with that or not. But that's just my assessment. Yeah, I Flynn writer really great and they brought back alan menken and glenn slater this time to do the lyrics and these songs are iconic they're memorable the villain is great princess is great the the sidekick man is great in the fact that he's actually pretty dimensional even though he seems very surface level when you first get to know him and so the, it feels like a much more mature modern disney film yeah but not quote unquote modern it just feels refreshed, revived. I mean, you have Glenn Keane all over this movie, and I appreciate that. I think the world of his style and just him. And so he was one of the at first he was directing it, um, but then he ended up had to like back off. But still, most of the initial stages of this movie was of direct influence, directly influenced by him. So that was cool. Now, for Winnie the Pooh, I've actually never seen this, which I was telling Morgan the reason why was because I had been in Brazil at the time when it came out and it just didn't, it wasn't the thing that I was, I just wasn't able to see it and I just never got around to it and shame on me. Yeah. So this, like I mentioned, is another one of the two 2D animated films in the Disney revival era. And it's Winnie the Pooh, not to be confused with the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So they're going back to the Winnie the Pooh um, trough, if you will. And they're trying to tell that story again. And it's just interesting because it, it just feels really out of place. And if you watch the movie, and I do recommend that you do at some point, it's cute. It's sweet. It's good. But that's about it. It has some songs from the Lopez's. Mm -hmm. you know, this was kind of their big start with Disney where they got involved and they wrote a few songs for this. I couldn't sing any of them to you, but that's okay. I do remember seeing this with my niece and nephew. I was being the cool aunt. Ah, yes. Uh, and I took them to the theaters and did that whole thing. <laughs> Check that box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's like, okay, I'm how old and I need to go see this movie. Like, hey, come on, kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember seeing that. But I just, it did 40, $49 million in the box office, which is just a huge flop. 
for them. Yeah. And this wasn't even like COVID era. Yeah. So that was a huge disappointment and really kind of put the nail in the 2D coffin, I think, at that point. There, and it, the fact that this movie flopped, I don't had think I don't think anything had anything to do with being 2D. It was just marketed poorly. Um, I think it went up against the, the final Harry Potter film. So it was timed poorly. It, people were confused about really what it was. So there was a lot of competition that just really forced it just to never succeed. So but never fear, they got their act back together and they released Wreck-It Ralph in 2012. So this is finally when our podcast is in existence. Yes. And so all of these films we definitely have reviewed as part of the podcast because we always hit the big Disney tentpole films. And Wreck-It Ralph was just really cool new film that was based on an original concept. It was video game, yeah. CG animated, and did really well. $471 million in the box office. They did really well, and I loved that. Even, the, I mean, we went to the test screening of this, and so that started us on the list of of almost blacklisted, but maybe not quite. <laughs> but um, <laughs> even the at the testing, I just knew that it was going to be huge. It's going to be big. I have a lot of really good feelings when it comes to this movie. And also when you look at the character arc, like it does have a really good moment where Ralph basically has to let go of all that he wanted because he needs to save his friendship with Vanellope. And I remember my brother saying that he cried at that point. I was like, oh, that's sweet. (laughs) I don't remember crying in it, but I remember really liking it. So there we go. Love it. Yeah, it was a it was kind of a new era. We'd had these different films. You know, the princess films were successful. We the Pooh, not so much. This was a completely new concept, and they just hit a home run with it. So then we have another one after this. It's a princess concept. Not just one, but two princesses. But they really took an entirely new spin on it. Frozen, really very, very loosely based on the fairy tale from which it's not named. And they come up with Frozen, which is just at this point the biggest success they have ever had apart from Lion King. It's almost like if you were just take like the the math of Disney, it's like one princess gives us five hundred and ninety two million. Two princesses give us one point two (laughs) nine billion. (laughs) Yeah, it's like almost one to one. Yeah. So let's just keep that up and bring us as many princesses as possible. But they have. Yeah, we'll see how that works for uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet in the future. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But I, you know, if you followed the rotoscopers for you know, definitely for any amount of time, you know, we talk about this era because it was really where we kind of like saw this one coming. We saw this star flying and we're like, nope, we're jumping on that ship. And we caught we caught that wave pretty, pretty well at the very beginning. So yay, Frozen. <laughs> Woo! Yep, we were big fans and so was the world. It was a worldwide phenomenon. This is just Everyone knew Frozen. Everyone still does know Frozen at this point. They're probably still singing these songs. The Frozen CD is in my car right now. My kids still like listening to Frozen, so it will never end. (laughs) So then we go into Big Hero 6. At this point, if you've noticed, we've had a film released every single year since 2009, which is pretty cool. So they've hit their stride. You know, they were doing this in the 90s, but, you know, they're kind of back at it and really, really being successful. We have Big Hero 6 2014 did six hundred fifty seven million dollars, which I think anything five hundred plus is considered great. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind I mean, it. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, and even the between the 100 and 500 million range, but it's just like, okay, that was a success. We are very, very happy with the results. It's usually a four times return, mm-hmm. uh, three or four times. So, yeah. And Big Hero 6, I recently just rewatched this with my kids and I didn't love it at all really um the villain it just doesn't work for me it doesn't make sense his motivation and why he just suddenly turns on everyone and turns really evil and ah hero is good hero as in the main character hero and baymax is cute um but then it's just like (laughs) these were his brother's friends and they kind of wrapped him under his wing but then once the brother died they weren't really his friends because he shut everyone out and then like suddenly something happens and they're like best friends and they're fighting evil together it just didn't really work for me watching it again and that it just the whole premise just really kind of falls apart i i don't love this one but this was successful yeah, and I think it was just on such a huge high after Frozen that it's like anything is going to touch gold. So, mm-hmm. I mean, $658 million is a pretty good standard to stick with, though. So. Yeah. And then we're moving into 2016. So they did take a year off, or at least mm-hmm. releasing. Well, so Zootopia came out, you know, um, I think Zootopia was supposed to be a 2015 release, but for, for some reason got pushed. Uh-huh. Nonetheless, that makes because sense we because we have Moana is coming up later in the year. Right. But Zootopia hit hard. One point zero two three billion dollars, which is crazy to me because I don't I don't love Zootopia as much as yeah, everyone else does. I don't either. Like people love Zootopia. And I'm just like, eh, it's OK. <laughs> yeah, I have good feelings about it. I don't have any real negative like eh, I'm not a fan, but my good feelings don't equal in the billions <laughs> where I would, mm-hmm. where I would expect a billion dollar movie out of that, but good for them. All right. Yep. Yep. Then we have Moana and this actually really surprised me 2016. So this was a, a winter release, mm-hmm. $642 million. So it was pretty low. It was in the kind of the big hero six range. I just always thought Moana was such a smash hit that it would have done better. Um, I would have, if you would have said, which one did more money, Zootopia or Moana? Moana. I would have 100% said Moana. Right, right. So that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Then Ralph Breaks the Internet 2018. Oof. I wasn't I don't like this movie at all. Yeah. It's just pandering. Like the name itself, Ralph Breaks the Internet, you know, going off of that Kim Kardashian meme of she broke the internet with her butt photo. It was just like... (laughs) <laughs> but that's like kind of the point is he goes into the internet right, right. so of course like ralph breaks things i would have just preferred record ralph too ralph breaks the internet i i always hated that title and the, just the movie is just so forced it's i haven't seen it since 2018 but i can assure you it's going to feel super dated i remember it was all like about the all about the likes and all about the, the apps uh-huh. and, the, yeah. and while i I definitely see the things that they try to bring up as in people getting themselves wrapped up in internet world versus the real world and then losing a part of themselves. And really like, honestly, I think that's where a lot of the issues that we're having with uh, people with a lot of depression and all that comes in to a huge effect when it comes to basically not engaging in real life with people. 
Mm-hmm. So I I applaud them for trying to like showcase these things and only caring about the likes. But could that have been a 30 minute short? Yes. Would that have gone over better? Probably. <laughs> yeah. So we jump into another blockbuster hit, Frozen 2, 2019, $1.45 billion, oh my gosh. which is like, holy cow. This is all of the little Frozenettes and Frozeners yes. had grown up a little bit and maybe they are preteens now, uh-huh. teenagers. Yeah. Um, so, but everyone was still family friendly. And so everyone went and saw this movie, but Frozen 2, man, it just does not hold up. It is boring. The plot, especially the first time you watch it, you're like, what is going on? I don't even know what I just watched. And we've always we've talked about this. Like, if you watch the making of, you're like, I can't believe they released this (laughs) because it really shows they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. I love you, Disney. But ah, I like some of the songs from this, Uh but I really don't like watching this at all. Sometimes my daughter will want to put it on. and I'm like, but why? Yeah. you don't even like it. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should. I think she likes parts of it, you know. I think we should do another episode at some point in time just titled The Problem with Elsa. There were major issues that I had with motives and maybe the the listeners don't want that. I don't know. <laughs> Go to the website and let us know in the comments. But yeah, the Frozen 2, I will definitely go back and re-listen to the soundtrack. So mm-hmm. high props on that. And I'm sure they got high money for that as well. So good for them. And I understand what 100% why it hit almost 1.5, but I don't think it deserved it. Then we had the pandemic. And so there was a bit of a break, which then we had Raya and the Last Dragon 2021. This was a March release, which typically Disney didn't do a lot of these. It's either good old fashioned summer or winter, Mm -hmm. you know, which is that November Thanksgiving time slot. This no, no, no. And I am shocked at this. I did not know. Are this like, is this real? I got this number. Yeah. ah, 82.5 million. I mean, I think at this point, some theaters weren't like they were barely opening up. Yeah. Um, So people weren't 100% out of it. Some people were ready to get back. Other people were not. And so it doubled I, Winnie I the Pooh, that, though. <laughs> <laughs> not doubled. Almost. Yeah, a little bit it, more. It just did. But not quite double. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting to me that it didn't even hit 100 million. But at the same time, I'm like, Meh, it's really not that great. It isn't. And you can go back and listen to our whole episode on as to why. But in a nutshell, I didn't know why I was watching it. Mm hmm. It just doesn't make sense a lot. It's all about she needs, you know, she lost her father and everything because she trusted someone who she shouldn't have trusted, which was the the other girl from the other nation. Right. And then, you know, so that really should have hardened her and she shouldn't trust people. But then she's learning as she goes, like who to trust. And she starts putting trust in people. And it's like it doesn't make sense. And then she keeps trusting this girl again and again and again, who doesn't deserve her trust. Uh huh. Um, even at the very end, she's the one who's like, well, I'm going to die, but I trust you <laughs> when this girl has backstabbed her like on three different occasions. Right. With Raya, like if someone does something bad to you and they lose your trust, it's not up to you to go to them and trust them again. They need to come to you and prove their trust. I mean, I understand what they were trying to get at. That was but... the bit. Yeah, that was the big thing that they did wrong. <laughs> 
I mean, I felt like it was just the the grouping of her and her little posse that joined up along her route. And it was like this journey that she was going on. But I didn't really have any emotional connection to any of these people. It was just, you know, pick them up. Let's move. Mm, <laughs> Let's yeah. get somebody else on the boat, you know? Yeah. It just felt like, okay, we got to collect the five badges to yeah. go to the boss. Right, right, you know, right. like a video game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there wasn't a lot of heart that really connected to me why I was watching this. And lastly, we have Encanto 2021. This is surprising to me as well. $256.8 million because I feel like everyone knows this movie, but this movie really didn't take off until it hit Disney plus right six to eight weeks later. And that's when the soundtrack blew up and that's when it just became like this crazy thing. Everyone loved Encanto. And I think if you were to release this even today, strictly theaters, a no, you know, delayed Disney plus, maybe do that after a few months, this would be much higher. Would it though? I feel, <laughs> yes, it would. It would. Okay. Because if you look at Top Gun recently, okay, what yeah, that that's did, true. Yeah, you look at Spider-Man. Bad Guys, which did really well. Spider Man. Bad Guys, yeah. I mean, Spider Man's its own thing. You really can't compare it to this. But right. But I do think it would be bad more guys than 200, a... 256. I think it'd be more in the 500 range well, for sure. How much did Bad Guys make? I mean, and Bad Guys is an unknown. I mean, it's DreamWorks, but DreamWorks really doesn't have the clout as like Disney. Right. So it says 247 million. Yeah. So yeah, I think it probably would have. And that was just a a random spring release. Yeah. So this would have been a summer release in 2022. I think it would have doubled, but whatever it is what it is. It's really good. I love the soundtrack on this. I love the characters. I really think that's really well developed. Mm -hmm. I like that it has not your traditional villain at all. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's really, really, really good. So I will say before we do our ranking, I do feel that, yes, this is the revival era and it's a good solid decade plus a few years, but I'm starting to see a break towards the end. And I think starting with Ralph breaks the internet, we're starting to maybe it's something else, you know, maybe in mm-hmm. five, 10 years, we'll be able to very concretely say like, wow, okay. Moana really was the end of the revival and Ralph breaks the internet. I kind of broke was something else. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the COVID era kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Even with, with frozen two being in there, I mean, it did really, really well, but as far as quality of the story, uh-huh. it's, it's just like a different tier. Like Ralph breaks the internet, frozen two and Raya are like definitely different tier. Um, not even looking at box office, just like story-wise tier that something, something's different. And, and Canto saves the day at the end. When did the um, upper management shift? Around 2018. So yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> it it really does come down to a lot of the story-making ability up top. Like we've seen this as we've gone through each one of these eras, it really shifts at the upper management and how different films are created and and put out. So let's do our list, shall we? Mm-hmm. There are 12 films in this revival era. So I'm going to, shall I do my list or you do yours? You go ahead. Okay. Rounding number 12, Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's just not good. I will never watch that movie again. <laughs> unless I'm forced. Father, you must force her. <laughs> Name that movie. Or not father. Father, it's, it's brother. Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. 11, Raya the Last Dragon, 10, Frozen 2, 9, Winnie the Pooh, 8, Big Hero 6, 7, Zootopia, 6, Wreck-It Ralph. Now rounding up the top five, 
Number five, Princess and the Frog. Number four, Encanto. Number three, Moana. Number two, Frozen. Number one, Tangled. There you go. Okay. For number 12 for me, I've got Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't really see that as being something that I would really want to watch again. I may, but I don't really want to. Ralph Breaks the Internet, also don't really want to watch again. Frozen 2, I would watch it again, but only to really kind of decipher exactly what it was that I didn't like. But I wouldn't enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So, because I've already watched it a couple times and I'm like, I just... I, there are things now that bug me about it that I just can't get over. Now, even though I've never seen Winnie the Pooh, I would still much rather watch Winnie the Pooh over Frozen 2. <laughs> so that comes in at number nine. Zootopia, uh, 2016 is number eight. Big Hero 6, number seven. Number six, Princess and the Frog. And then top five is Moana. Then Wreck-It Ralph. Number three, Encanto. Number two, Frozen. And number one, tangled so there we go well we both are aligned with our top two Mm -hmm. tangled followed by frozen we hate as much as we loved frozen at the time we admit tangled is the far superior film it is the superior film but they both have very special places in my heart all right let us know your thoughts your ranking of the disney revival era by going to rotoscopers.com slash 269 we'll see you in the comments there that's all we have for today. Until next time, we are the Rotoscovers. You want me to say that or that was you saying it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you say it. Okay. A little bit more animation. <laughs> okay. We got some really great toy commercials coming up. I swear. <laughs> Disney quote. Or no, it's a Simpsons quote. But anyway. Tangled brought back Link me. <laughs> Lincoln. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, big yawn. <laughs> Just like whenever my dog does their stretching, yes. it's like you have to say it. Oh, big stretch. <laughs> <laughs> with um, Valerie, what's her name? Princess v- Vanellope. Yeah, with pr- Princess Valerie. Like, <laughs> like what? You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.